Hey everyone, welcome to a Single Tree Podcast. This is episode number 20. We're glad you've joined us today. We've been talking about self-worth and value, and today we're going to talk about the value of separateness and connection. Welcome, I'm Joel. And I'm Brandon. Good morning, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Happy anniversary, Joel. Oh, thanks. What's the 20th? We talked 20, about this. 20th. Is that bronze? I think you said or it was copper. copper. I'll give you a piece of copper for your <laughs> 20th anniversary. Is that It's our copper anniversary. It's 20. That's probably not right. No, I don't think it is. It's someone, yeah. wood or... Someone make sure and comment and tell us what the 20th anniversary is. <laughs> this is our 20th episode. <laughs> and um, I wanted to address something from some of these discussions about self-worth. Um, and talk about the value of self-correction. Um, you know, we're trying to accept ourselves unconditionally. Um, that can leave us wondering, you know, is there any room for self-correcting or trying to improve ourselves or, or do things differently or better? So I just wanted to talk about that for a few minutes and then we can jump into separateness versus togetherness and the value of both of those. Does that sound okay? It sounds great, yeah. I mean, we left off talking about how a lot of this is like driving. So, mm-hmm. when you're starting to veer off the road, you just make a slight correction. Don't overcorrect. Uh-huh. So, what would you say to someone who wants to, um, say, change a habit or something? Let's say that they're wanting to change some of their health habits or eating habits um what is the best way to go about something like that if you're also working on self-acceptance it seems like the self-acceptance is kind of the bigger maybe probably more core issue whereas the behavior that they're wanting to change is maybe something that's more on the surface Mm -hmm. um and so is there a good path that you could lay out for someone who is trying to maybe change some of their habits but also is struggling with their self-acceptance and so forth yeah i mean there are a couple elements to it i think when i'm talking talking with people about whatever behavior it is or you know that they may be wanting to change i'm always curious to understand what they think they're getting out of it mm-hmm. yeah it's a good or, question or what they're what they're getting out of it um mm. Especially if it's a desirable behavior, it's difficult for people to identify what that is. Mm-hmm. So, um, exploring that, what they're getting out of it, and then um, usually when I'm working with someone trying to change a behavior, I encourage them to maybe focus a little bit less on the behavior and instead on... Um, the emotions that they have about the behavior. And usually that's guilt and shame. Mm. And so um, helping them work with underlying emotions around the behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's really the, it's really the emotion. It's the emotion that drives the behavior. Mm-hmm. So when you can help someone work with <clears throat> and become of the aware of the emotions um, 
underneath the behavior that can be really helpful. Yeah. So those two aspects, I think, you know, what are you getting out of it? Mm-hmm. And what are the emotions that drive the behavior? Sure. A lot of it's shame-based, right? Because they're, right. first of all, it's a behavior you're wanting to, ch- to change. So what is that? Well, it's, it's something that you don't want or you're resisting and you're seen it a certain way, which, you know, is fine. I mean, I, th- I think if we're doing self-destructive behaviors, I mean, there's a thing, there's a difference between not judging and just recognizing something for what it is and what's really happening and being honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's kind of lends itself to what you were talking about, self-correction. But, <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I kind of put you on the spot, but that's pretty good, pretty good layout for to help people kind of figure out um, how to change behavior. You know, kind of looking at um, the underlying emotions. A lot of times, it's they are um, they are coming from a place of shame. Um, yeah, I mean, it, we can change behaviors. And that's just one aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's like, it's like addiction. You know, you, you may stop using whatever substance it is, but if you haven't dealt with the emotional aspects underneath it, then mm-hmm. one could say you're much more susceptible to fall back into that use. So, <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think maybe some of what's driving the use is the shame but then people try to shame themselves into changing their behavior Mm -hmm. so it's kind of more the same and then you know if you're if you're again if you're operating out of that system where you have to do certain things to achieve a sense of value then that system is always going to fail in some way and so you might actually make the problem worse yeah the habit or the behavior worse yeah um but it seems to be that's what we use a lot to to make change is shame and guilt. Right. We try to shame ourselves into better behavior, which doesn't usually work long term. Right. For sure. So, yeah, maybe another approach it too is to is to just be able to work on the accept the self-acceptance piece to work through the guilt and shame, you know, as we've talked about in the past. Um, and because when you're at a place of self-acceptance, it's easier to just make those corrections. You know, if you're veering to the right and you need to make a slight correction to the left, then um, it's easier to do that from a place of self-acceptance because you don't, because you don't like get really deep into the shame just because you've made one mistake you you can just easily self-correct because you're not you don't get locked in that shame struggle again does that make sense so absolutely instead of you know i think i think maybe guilt itself a certain amount of it is appropriate when you need to correct and that's part of what helps you to correct your behavior but if you get into shame and you start feeling like you're a bad person because you've made a mistake, then that's not as helpful. 
No, it just probably just continues the pattern of the behavior that you don't want. So, yeah, I think what I would say is, is, um, you know, if you're coming from a place of wanting to make yourself valuable by making certain changes or changing certain habits or doing self-improvement or self-correction, then, um, that's probably going to fail as well. So it's not about making yourself valuable by doing all the right things. Um, you know, so we can kind of work at self-acceptance, um, at the same time, you know, uh, also do some, some self-correction and, you know, if the self-acceptance is really kind of accepting yourself no matter what with all of your flaws, then you have a good foundation to work from because whatever correction that corrections that you're making or improvements that you're making on yourself are just sort of, you know, gravy, sort of icing on the cake. I like those expressions. Um, because the self-acceptance is already established. Your, your acceptance, your worth, your value is already ex- established. So now you just get to, you know, do whatever you think is right. Do whatever you think is healthy. Um, you know, improve yourself if you want to, but it's not striving for this sense of value or worth. Does that make sense? Sure, because you're rooted in it. Yeah. You're rooted in the self-acceptance. You're, right. Of, and uh, because you're self-accepting, <clears throat> then you can make healthy choices on your own behalf. And it's just like a slight correction, like you were talking about with the driving. Yeah. Okay. Your worth beyond doing this in behavior. Right. Yeah. So it's just a different paradigm. Again, we've, we've talked in the past few episodes about, you know, value is something that is always defined in a specific way in the context, um, in which you exist or whatever thing we're valuing exists. Um, and, uh, so this is just a shift from that type of thinking. You know, there's there's certain rules in every context and every system that make something valuable. And um, this is, you know, a shift away from that type of thinking to a system or a paradigm where um, everything is valuable because it belongs and it's part of the system and just for the part that it plays in the ecosystem. Um, and so the value is already established. It's not about striving or getting that value. It's about working from a place of full acceptance of yourself and then choosing to do certain things for the outcomes that they will produce. Yeah, I think it can be hard to, to, to change behavior. It makes it harder to change behavior when we're not willing to feel and work with the emotion of shame. Yeah. So being willing to work with shame and work through that. Right. Yeah. If, if we're unwilling to, to experience and feel the weight of that emotion, then we're not giving ourselves really the opportunity to work at a foundational level that props up 
the behavior. Hmm. Yeah. And then we just kind of keep ourselves stuck there. So. Right. So, you, so the more important part is to work through the shame struggle. That's kind of foundational. That's the core issue. Right. And then the self-correction is really kind of... It almost, it almost takes care of itself. It definitely is, is much easier once the shame struggle is more resolved. Mm-hmm. So address that first. Good. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll kind of transition into talking about separateness and togetherness. It's, good, it's a good thing we did those episodes about paradox. Right. Because we're dealing with a couple different paradoxes today. One is being able to self-accept, but also self-correct, which appear to be contradictory ideas um and the next one we're going to talk about today is the value of separateness and togetherness um which are obviously opposites and uh but they're both very necessary for a self and also i think for this discussion that we're having about value Um, we've talked about uh value as belonging and we've talked about Value is coming from a sense of unity um, with others and unity with our environment and and finding our place there in our little ecosystem, right? So there's the the togetherness piece, but I also think that um, we can find value in our separateness and, you know, just kind of our uniqueness, I guess, is another way to say that. So um, belonging and, and connection doesn't necessarily mean that we have to be the same as everyone else. No. In fact, it's important for there to be diversity. Yeah, I would maybe real and true belonging actually is the acceptance of difference. The differences. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, a lot of a lot of us um want to uh be different. Than other people we want to be unique and uh, we'll even make decisions based on that based on that drive to be different than other people or to stand out even or um, again just to find our unique place but then there's also this drive in the opposite direction to be connected and to be accepted right I mean and these are seemingly opposites Right. And and trying to be different sometimes will um, work against your getting accepted or even being connected. Right. But there's this drive that we have toward both, um, which are and those are natural drives that are normal and human. And uh, I think they both have a place. I think they both have value. Um, So. I think that's true. People want to both be different and unique, but also connected. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, we all want to... Of course, we all want that... We all want that belongingness, right? And that, and that connectedness, but we all want to... It's like the other side of that is also wanting to know how how we're different. You know, and 
it's two sides of the same coin, you know, and they they just work together so well, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and there are so many <clears throat> different ways that you can, I think, draw these concepts out, you know, I mean, when you talk about separateness in the context or uh, you use a word like solitude Mm -hmm. you know that can be a really good that can be a really good way to to learn um Mm -hmm. out of out of solitude you actually i think for me especially solitude was probably the main way that I really started to get this this learning of my meta connection to just everything hmm. um, so it was out of that solitude or, or separateness that I was really able to kind of tap into that and settle into that bigger kind of meta belongingness and and connectedness um it's awesome it's it's strange that you found connection through solitude i don't think that's most people's experience when they start to be in solitude yeah it well i mean and that wasn't the only that wasn't the only thing i mean there was there was this learning of just being separate as as well i mean Mm. both were happening at the same time Mm. and there was learning that was i got learning from 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 both perspectives it was interesting while i was in solitude and learning about solitude and and separateness i was also exploring and learning about this really deep powerful meta connectedness it's happening at the same time it's cool so you bring up a good point it's uh you can almost discover a greater sense of connection through solitude how what do you think happens there how do you think that happens well for me i needed less stimulation and less distraction so my brain wasn't as fragmented and my beingness and my functioning was much more focused Mm -hmm. Um, and all I had was just All I just had, all I, all I had was just a, a constant experience with what was going on inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was often in nature when I was doing this. And so out of that awareness, you're, you know, you're having this internal experience that's happening and You're connected to your. You're connected to yourself, and you're. You're in the forest, and you can't help but 
and a really focused kind of state see similarities between you and this bigger thing so, so it sounds like through solitude you kind of found this deeper connection with yourself you you were able to know yourself better quieting down the noise just n- knowing and experiencing like whatever was going on internally mm-hmm. um, and I think so I think maybe when when you do that you just discover yeah how how much alike you are with others you know each of us has this experience of solitude or knowing what it is to be alone which we share in common with each other just talking about other human beings but but also like you're talking about how you you were discovering your your connection with the natural world around you the other organisms and just life Mm -hmm. around you right yeah it's great i mean i wasn't trying to make it happen it was just quieting myself down mm-hmm. it just makes me wonder too like with all the togetherness that we have all the time you know some people never really unless they're sleeping or you know for or for some other reason just uh, forced to be alone they just they just never are really alone and and Definitely, we kind of resist the choosing of our own solitude because it doesn't feel good, especially right at first, to be alone. Um, and so it just makes me wonder if, uh, you know, we're, I mean, in some ways, we are just sort of like using other people to prop us up in a way. We, we are kind of seeing other people as objects. Um, we're not really reaching this sort of deeper connection with people because um, they're just part of our they're just part of our environment and and so we're you know when we don't spend time in solitude we don't really get to know ourselves on a deeper level and it's hard for us to when we're always in togetherness to um, really connect with other people at a deep level as well um, it's just a, it's just like this constant noise. Mm-hmm. You're always in this emotional field with other people. You're always their their stuff is always in your stuff. You know, just talking about your own. You know, whatever there is going on in their lives is always taking up space in your internal world. Um, and so it's it's not even like really connecting a lot of times. And so like what you're talking about going into solitude and just being in solitude and quieting down all of that noise um, is a way to connect with yourself. And when you know yourself deeply, it's easier to know and see others deeply when you do go back into connection. Right. So, yeah. Cause I think that, you know, connecting with myself in solitude was just connecting with, beingness right mm-hmm. which is just not mine it's <laughs> everybody's and it's this mm-hmm. same in everybody so I think when I was able to kind of really just kind of quiet down and settle into beingness then it that 
being this started to kind of be more tangible and experienced in other things, whether that be nature or other people. And that was something I could connect with on a deep level. And that's where I found this connection. Okay. You know? that, that makes more sense. So to talk about what you mean when you say beingness, maybe for people who haven't listened to the earlier episodes of the podcast where we talked about, you know, the small self, the large self, you're talking about collect the collective consciousness. Yeah. Just a sense of presence. Yeah. Life just existence. Right. Just a, Whatever just a is. sense of being present mm-hmm. and existing. So it's the presence and you, you know, you're saying that the presence is really existent in all things. Right. It's yeah. in all living things, but also just all matter. Right. Right. And so, and it, it's, it's hard to, settle into that when when your brain is busy you know what I mean or you're doing a lot of things yeah for sure so for me it was important for me to be in solitude so I could really settle into that and then once I you know there was just kind of this tipping point where I felt like I didn't need the solitude as much because I was more rooted in the presence or the beingness where that was just more easily accessible and I, and I, in right proximity to others and, you know. Yeah. I think, I think when you first spend time in solitude, there's like, there's this um, threshold that you have to sort of push through that, um, you know, where it feels a little painful, you know, it's, you know, when you're so used to all the noise and the chatter and, you know, all of the emotional fields that you're in with people and, you know, the TV's on, you know, there's, there's all this noise. Um, when you actually do intend to be in solitude, there's, there's sort of this pushing through this curtain or something Mm -hmm. that feels it, you know, it feels really uncomfortable, the solitude at first. And, but then sort of when, you've passed through all of those things, all of the chatter, and it sort of starts to dissolve. You, you start to settle into this beingness that you're talking about, which is what connects you with everything, everything. Right. And, uh, and so that, that kind of led me in, in another direction where it, it was, I recognized that it was, good for me and something that I wanted to do was to just spend more time in the context of just togetherness. So how did that happen? How how did you get led to out of solitude having a pull toward togetherness or connection? I just felt like when I, that, that being this, just the more and more it became tangible and the more and more connected I became to it, 
I just wanted to experience it in a, in, in a different context. Hmm. Yeah, if that beingness is part of everything and, and everyone around you, it seems like the natural move would be to experience it in someone else. Sure. You know it's there in someone else. You know it's there in everything around you. Why not just go ahead and experience it fully? Not just in yourself, but exactly in all of the things around you. Yeah. And it was that wasn't something that I knew I needed to, to transition into or tried to work towards. It was just a, a thing that naturally happened. You, yeah. There, there was just a natural you. desire for me to say, oh, that, you know, yeah. I, I want to experience this more in togetherness now. So do you find... Um, the togetherness, the the beingness in literally everything. I mean, like, do you find it at work? In in your work, do you find it in mundane, everyday, boring stuff? I definitely. You do. Yeah. It's not easy when you know your your brain's going quickly, but it's. I think it's always there. It's always accessible. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Do you think of an example of like finding the beingness in a very mundane, everyday thing? Probably last week when I was getting my car washed. <laughs> okay. And I what was do you just, mean by that? Well, and I was just sitting, you know, there's a group of chairs where everyone's gathered together or whatever, you know. Waiting for their cars to be washed. Waiting for their cars to be washed, which is just, you know. Such a first world thing. <laughs> right. But an inane, you know, <laughs> thing as well. Boring yeah. and, you know. And, yeah. you know, I was just sitting with, I don't know, three or four other people. Just, just being. Just being there with them. <laughs> you know yeah the, I didn't even talk to anybody mm -hmm. I could have and that would have been great <laughs> but but you didn't but I didn't and but I was sharing the experience with them that's so funny just being there with them it makes me think of I was a couple probably a couple months ago I was getting my hair cut same <laughs> similar situation I was sitting in the um, chairs, you know, in the awkward waiting room, waiting to get my hair cut. And uh, there was this guy that sat right next to me waiting to get his hair cut. And uh, he was watching some video on his phone and just like laughing out loud. <laughs> and he, and he like had to show it to me. <laughs> like he, he was so like into it. And uh, it was just the most natural thing in the world for him to like, share his experience I, didn't, I did not know this person right we didn't talk before or after that but he said i just had to show you this that's great and it was you know i would never do something like that but i thought it was cool that he felt inclined was to do just that in the moment right he was just in the moment just wanted to share mm -hmm. yeah i'm the i'm the guy who like wants to just look stare forward and not look at anyone in the waiting room so. <laughs> i am too mo i am too mostly but you know I think that, yeah, that's that. That 
that beingness or that presence is shared. So I, I think it's always accessible. It's can we settle yeah, down? Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's what it. At least that's what it, I'm. I know I need to do when I'm. When my brain is going fast and I'm in this doing mode, it's it's harder. That makes me think that maybe uh, our anxieties are the things that keep us from being connected um, and finding calm through self-regulation and solitude is one of the best ways to connect because if you're going around anxious and agitated all the time you're not going to connect with people you're going to be more irritable um, you're going to be more annoyed you're not going to have time for people or to really be present and really connect and your defenses are going to be up and so like spending the time in the solitude just to sort of like let all that pass from you and uh, find this you know the connectedness with the beingness that you're talking about which is really like a grounding force like being grounded in this um, just existence right is a really calming force I mean it's almost there's almost no way to not be calmed by that if you can get to that level and when you're grounded in that you carry that with you into everything that you do Mm -hmm. and it's so it creates this receptivity that i think we've talked about that before yeah it's you know it's it's just goes back to this you know i think we talked about last week where there's probably the biggest illusion that we suffer from is this illusion of separateness Mm -hmm. and it keeps us divided it keeps us right not connected with one another because we always live in fear um, and kind of rejection Mm -hmm. and that you know it creates these defenses it creates these walls that keep us from connecting with with others yeah and it's like you know if 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 we're living out that separateness from that presence or that beingness inside of us it's that's going to be expressed in the separateness and the division with other people it's for me i know that if i'm connected to my beingness in a pretty deep way if i'm really kind of rooted in that then that's then that's just going to express itself effortless effortlessly with you or anybody else that i'm in contact with but if i'm dis disconnected from that sense or that feeling inside that's going to express itself also outwardly yeah for sure so that's why I think I felt like I solitude was a good way for me to kind of become more rooted in that and mm-hmm get to know it and explore it more sure sure that makes sense i want to talk a little bit a little more about the uniqueness um and 
so like do you think it's important to be for a person to be unique I you know I think of the I think of like all of the different like species of animals and plants you know that exist and I and I also think about one of the first things you said on one of the first podcasts which was talking about projecting your beingness onto a bush <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it sounds you don't so project, crazy when you say that. You don't context. project your beingness onto a bush. <laughs> I just like to say that phrase because it's. I think it does sound kind of funny out of out of context, but it's very true. Like you, you when you're just being present, you don't have to be, and you cannot be, anything other than what you are, right? So. You just have to let the bush be the bush. You have to let the tree be the tree. You have to let every species play its part in the ecosystem, and you can only play your part. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's this, there's this need for all of us, and I and I experience this a lot talking to people, or just listening to people talk about their stories, and you know when you try to pigeonhole them or put them in a box or categorize them or whatever they have this like inherent you know resistance to that because they want to um, be exactly what they are they want to be in their unique story right and so they they're always you know that's that's one of the ways that we kind of put language to our uniqueness is is through our stories right and everyone's story is different so even if you talk to people who are like have had very similar experiences and have been raised in similar cultures or environments you know the way that they experience life is i mean obviously is it's there's as many stories or experiences as there are people Mm -hmm. Um, they're all different and and so um i just think that's one of the strongest drives and so as we talk about togetherness and connection and stuff like that it's not You know, I think it's just important to eliminate the idea that the uniqueness is also, like, just as important as the togetherness. Do you find that? Absolutely. It's the same? Yeah. I mean, it's, you can't have one without the other. The other one happens because of the other. What do you mean? Well, separateness can't happen without... That can't even exist without connectedness. <laughs> and connectedness can't exist without separateness. There are two sides of the coin or two right. halves of a whole. Yeah, and they're happening at the same... Their existence, each of their existences, right, uh-huh. exist only because each of them are happening at the same time. The, well, the, the interaction of each of them creates that. Do you see what I mean? Yes. The, I, I think I do. The separateness and the connectedness happening at the same time is the thing that allows the separateness and connectedness to exist. That's what makes them even be created i think i think this kind of goes along with what you're saying in order to be in a relationship with something you must be separate from it 
So if you're not separate from it, then you're really just the same substance. Right. As it. Right. And so in order to have a relationship, in order to have connection, there have to be two separate entities. And they have to be happening at the same time. If if you and I are the same person, you know, then there's no relationship. We just, you know, I think everything you think. I, I know everything you know. I feel everything you feel. Right. Right. And there's not actually a relationship there. And I mean, people, people talk about like, you know, couples or whatever who are like basically like the same person. But it's not really, that's not ever really true, first of all. Um, and second of all, it's, you know, I don't know. That doesn't seem like much of a relationship if you're just in a relationship with yourself, you know, or, or you're basically like the same person. There's no, there's no actual like, um, collaboration or finding something, um, creative together. It's just a closed system. Right. right. So in order for there to be an open system where you can actually be in a relationship with anything, there has to be separateness. Is that, I mean, in the, and you're right, the separateness and togetherness are just, it's impossible to have one without the other. It's just like, it's, it's a yin and yang thing. It's, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, they are just parts of a whole. Yeah, they're. They have to always be happening at the same time. Yes. For them to even exist. You have to be you, and you have to be connected. Right. Right. You, like we were talking about in the last couple episodes, you know, it's. You are not ever actually isolated from your environment or from other people. You're always in connection. You just maybe convince yourself that you're not or feel Mm -hmm. like you're not, but actually you're always in relationship and we could say you're always also separate. Exactly. You're always also yourself. You're not anyone else. You're not the bush. You're not the tree. It's yes. Oh yes. They're, they're just those maybe I don't, this is just kind of what I'm thinking right now, but separateness and connectedness are just expressions of beingness and just in, I think that's right in different ways, but Mm -hmm. they're all, they're always happening at the same time. They're, they're just, it's almost like they're the two parts of beingness. I think that's true. I think that's true. Which is just, you know, differentiation, I think. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit more about differentiation. But the separateness and, and connectedness are, they are a paradox. They are apparently, again, I just want to, I just want to highlight that concept again. The, the paradox is, it, you know, it, they are apparently contradictory or opposites opposite and but yet they're just two parts of the whole and you need them both you have to have them both and they and they both like you're saying like 
are a part of existence or beingness itself. Yeah, not only they're happening. They're both happening all the time, whether you want them to or not. (laughs) So, right. I think the most important thing is just actually just being being aware of how each of them are happening separately and together. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. They're they're always happening. That's good. That's good to say. So, see, yeah, it's separateness is always happening to you, whether you like it or not, or whether you feel it or not. Yeah, and so you know, people they don't ever want to be alone. They don't ever want to be separate from anyone or anything, and yet that is true for them anyway. And so, the idea of being in solitude, meditation, contemplation, whatever you want to call it. Um, is actually just becoming more aware of the truth that's already true. Exactly. One of the most basic, one of the most basic foundational truths, you know? Yeah. And we talked last time about, you know, how the connectedness is always, is always there. It's always true that you are part of the universe. You're part of this the ecosystem that you're in and it's just about opening your awareness to that Mm -hmm. rather than continuing to deny it or believe something else that you're not part of the universe or or not an important part or something you know Mm -hmm. like just denying either of those things on either end is just not a good idea i guess right or even going too far and trying to make one or the other happen (laughs) yeah because it's already there it's already happening it's right I mean, that's that's kind of where I think differentiation is good, you know, because we may think we're I think of it in, you know, like couples relationships where we think we're we're afraid to get too close to someone because our separateness is being violated or whatever okay yeah so so let's just take a minute and talk about what differentiation is we we talk about it as a family systems word um comes from murray bowen's family systems theory but um yeah it's just it's just the idea that you're uh you can have a separate self thoughts feelings beliefs that are different than other people's and it's the process of like kind of differentiating or separating yourself out from others you know realizing with it within this context that you're never actually fully separate mm-hmm. like you're not alone in the universe right <laughs> you're you're always connected in some way but it's sort of like um maybe taking shape a little bit or or realizing that there are these boundaries between you and and others right so you know when you're talking about like a couple relationship or you know any any family relationship or any relationship at all um you know the the idea of kind of emotional reactivity or like 
resistance to becoming close to someone. Mm-hmm. It's scary. It's scary to become close to someone because you feel like you'll lose your sense of self. Yes. Right. So the differentiation, the process of differentiation, which is something that you do as a person that you work toward, I guess, as a person, or maybe just become more aware of or something. That's what I would think. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say is that it's the process of differentiation is always happening all of the time. And I think in everything, in every context. Okay. And it's like just the process of of being more differentiated is just being more aware of how it's happening. Okay, so how would you how would you become more aware of the differentiation? What does that feel well, like? Look like what it, what is going on internally as you do that? Well, you can use someone, for example, who is, who's, who's scared to get close with someone deeply, right? And fall deep, deep into connection with, with someone because they think that they're losing their separateness. Mm-hmm. Which, if we go by what we're talking about, is an illusion. You can go deep 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 into connection and intimacy intimacy with someone mm-hmm. and your separateness is not compromised you don't lose it even though we feel that way mm. so does it when you go deep into connection with someone does it feel like you're losing it at least for a time or are you choosing to sacrifice it I think all of those things are possible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. That that's definitely what it feels like. It feels <clears throat> like especially for someone who maybe doesn't isn't aware of differentiation, it feels like they are maybe letting letting someone in too far or yeah, they're losing their sense of identity. Right. Like Which I'll throw a wrench into this whole thing, but I feel like that's where our sense of beingness is really important because okay. if if we're rooted in that, that the beingness, uh-huh. then that 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 struggle for and that fight for either connectedness and closeness or separateness and division is it's almost like it's kind of the deeper into beingness you go, okay. the more that struggle just starts to kind of dissolve. Okay. You did throw a wrench into things, didn't you? I don't know what you're going to do with that, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. But does that, you know what I mean? It's, I, do, I do. So it, I'm not know, worried when I'm in grounded in my beingness, I'm not right entrenched or over focused by thoughts of trying to be different than you or be or fight for closeness with you right it, there's some sort of like resolution there or something 
Well, I goes, don't know. It goes I'm back just... to the discussion about the large <clears throat> self and the small self that we were having in the first first episodes of the podcast. And, um, you know, when when you're not connected in the beingness with the large self, um, that collective consciousness, then um, you continue to fight for the small self continues to fight for itself on its own behalf. It fights to protect itself. It fights to get things whether that's connection or maintain its sense of identity and what you're saying is when you connect with the larger self and the beingness then that need and you know to fight for for those things and the fear that that comes from not being grounded in the large self starts to activate It, it gets activated and and it doesn't allow you to actually connect with others at all but definitely not deeply yeah nice work you dealt with my rent well (laughs) yeah that's well that's a good it's true it's true so um maybe we could talk about like the process of differentiation or i mean what what you're saying really is that um the process of differentiation becoming differentiated is just realizing what is already true that you are a self you know that you're not going to lose that sense of selfhood um even if you get into a very very intimate close relationship um and i think sometimes people are scared of that okay but but what is it but what does it look like for you to actually like just sink deeper and deeper into your own selfhood what do you what do you do <laughs> like my selfhood like just what do you do to become more differentiated or to just i mean just to sink into the your own beingness that is already Existent. Is there a process? I mean, you're, what you've done is being is to be in solitude, right? That is that the was, that is the method. That was the way. That was the context in which I was able to explore and go deeper into just the sense of or feeling of beingness yeah so it's so it is self exploration that that is one kind of mechanism that achieves or opens the awareness to differentiation mm-hmm. when you know self your your own thoughts what are your thoughts what are your feelings where do they come from you know, and it's and again, none of this happens in a vacuum. So all of your thoughts and feelings have come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Your experiences, they've come from your genetics, really. Your um, all those who have come before you, everything that you've ever experienced in your environment. You know, so so just knowing self is also knowing others. It's also you know knowing what's happening for you internally is also knowing your environment, right? There's there's really no difference. You're just the container for whatever 
your internal experiences, which does manifest itself in a specific, very specific way in a very specific time, mm -hmm. right? You look a certain way, your genes are expressing themselves um, in a very specific way, the way that you look, <laughs> mm -hmm. the way that you think, the way that you act, mm -hmm. the way that you feel. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so the process of like just being in solitude is, is, is taking stock of that. Yeah. Just becoming aware of how it manifests. Doing a appraisal of all of that, of how you specifically and uniquely are being this. And, you know, what you realize is that your your experience of beingness is not unlike everyone else's or even the plant. Exactly. It's just the experience beingness can only be expressed one way because beingness is beingness, right? Okay. Now, how that be beingness is manifested is different. Mm -hmm. and expressed it's it, different it looks different yeah exactly or, it looks different yeah it is perceived mm -hmm. differently but the sense of being this is the same in 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 us all mm -hmm. and the deep so what you're saying is the deeper and deeper that you get you know being able to rest or, or just I say sink into the beingness the more you get connected with how beingness is just really the same in everybody and everything it's, it connects you with everything right and it helps you like I said it, it helps you be it, it's helped me be more differentiated okay say more about that it's helped me be able to connect more deeply to other people. Okay. Because I know that the beingness that I feel is 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 the is the beingness that is in them. Yeah. Right? And so then I kind of recognize just this core sameness in myself and someone I'm interacting with mm -hmm. which helps with the connectedness togetherness right sure well with the separateness I see how that being this is just kind of manifests differently or in different ways through mm -hmm. uh -huh. you know you, so that's where I feel, that's where I'm in tune also with the separateness. But I'm in tune with it, with both of those at the same time. Right. And so that's what helps me be more differentiated. Okay. It's, ac it's actually helped me just be more aware of the process of differentiation mm -hmm. or how it's happening all of the time. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have to be afraid that you're going to lose your unique sense of selfhood. You can't. When you're 
getting more connected with. And I think that's, I think you're right. I think that's what people are really afraid of, you know, so, and we're afraid of people who are different than us, who we think are different than us. Um, and sure, their story is different. Their culture may be different. Their, the way they think may be totally different. We may feel no connected with them, connectedness with them at all, at least on the surface, right? But um, as we get the, as we get to know ourselves better internally, we actually get to know other people better, or we just have more. We, we can be more receptive to their story, though, though it may be different. There's a lot of commonality, and we just know what it is to be human. We know what it is to be consciousness. We know what it is to be beingness, and so the connectedness, the connectedness happens easier. That's a great way to say it. It is? Yeah. All right. I didn't think it was that great. I'm easy to please today. <laughs> but. That's good. Yeah. It's, you know, the separateness and togetherness is happening all of the time. They're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're two parts of this deeper thing called beingness it's it's happening all of the time and so we can get because we have fears of either we're too separate or we're too connected that we get caught up in this fight for them which i understand mm. definitely but what can be helpful is is to maybe have just take a little bit of a different approach and and look at it in a way that, of, of just trying to be more conscious of and aware of how separateness and togetherness is happening at the same time in the same moment. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That can really, that's good. That can really help us go deeper into beingness and, and differentiation. Yeah. I think that's a good way to sum it up. You know, people are either, fighting really hard for one or the other they're fighting to be connected accepted um, to have a relationship even or they're scared of that or they're scared of losing their identity so they're fighting really hard for separateness um, yeah and what you're saying is they're both actually true all the time it's just more about allowing them to happen or accepting the fact that they are happening and seeing them seeing it yeah becoming aware yeah sure how it's happening that's good because i think that just shows you that actually you can't whatever your fear is is that your fear of separation or your fear of loss of connection becomes less and less true the more aware you are of how both are true and always happening at the same time you actually have your identity mm -hmm. your selfhood your uniqueness and you actually have connection you just need to open yourself up to those right and just pay attention to how they're always happening at the same time okay i like that we better stop there we could go on all day but sounds good we'll, we'll close it up for today and talk more about probably this and and some other things the next time. Yeah, so just pay, you know, just pay attention when 
Just pay attention to how they're happening in whatever context you're in. Good. All right. We'll talk to you soon, everyone. Sounds good. Thanks for listening. In separateness and togetherness. Have a great week. Thank you. Bye.